Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. Welcome back to the Behind Their Business podcast, or if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Today, our guest is going to be sharing about transitioning from an elementary school teacher to a six-figure business owner while she battled an identity crisis. And in her business, our guest is a Pinterest strategist, but when she's not busy pinning, you can find her spending time with her toddler husband and their 90-pound golden doodle, which we need to talk about because (laughs) that just sounds like so fluffy and amazing. (laughs) But she lives a very active lifestyle and enjoys spending a ton of time outdoors. So Please welcome to the show, Chelsea Hall. Chelsea, I am so glad that you're here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. So first, before we talk about your story, tell me about this golden doodle. I did not realize that they get that big. Well, he shouldn't be. So when we um, were okay. looking, my my sister has a mini golden doodle. And so we were like, mm, we don't want one that small. We want it in between. So when we found the breeder that we picked there, the mom and dad, one, the mom was 45, the dad was 55 pounds. And so they said, your dog will land right around 50. Well, that was not the case. He is now a 90 pound golden doodle and his brother um, is also around that size, but then they have a sister that's around 45 pounds. So very interesting Um sibling dynamic, but two very, very large. And the breeder even said, she was like, yeah, that's not like, we usually don't have them that big. So just so happens we got a dinosaur, which we did not expect, but Hey, my two-year-old is allowed to ride on his back and not hurt him. So it all (laughs) works out in our favor. That's so funny. And those dogs, if I remember correctly, they're really fluffy, right? So you can basically, yeah. Oh, I love that love that so much. So, all right, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your journey. So tell us about your time. I mean, you can even go before this if you want, but being an elementary school teacher and to the point where you started your business, like what, what did that journey look like? Why did you decide to go into entrepreneurship? Yeah, totally. So I, since I can remember, I always knew I was going to be an educator. Um, I have a lot of mentors, family, friends, um, my aunt, Um, who are all teachers. And so I knew since 
forever that, you know, that's what I was going to do. So when I entered college, it was a no brainer Whereas I had many friends that were like, they were going to college, but they didn't know where, what direction they were taking. I knew what I was doing, went straight in, got my um, degree, uh, dove into student teaching, started teaching, and then immediately got my master's degree right away because that's what I was going to always do. I was going to be a teacher. Um, so why wouldn't I get my master's? Why wouldn't I invest in myself in doing that? Um, so I got my master's immediately following um, graduating with my undergrad. And I taught for eight years, primarily in first grade. And then I had my daughter in May of 2020. So two months after the pandemic started. And it was a little bit of a mix of the pandemic and being a mom that I realized and working from home during those few months that we had to pivot the classroom from in-person to online learning that I realized that I really enjoyed the um, the work from home life because I was like able to give my daughter an extra kiss and do things like things that I never thought were possible. Um, and then I started to realize that, um, I was more than just a mom. I was more than just a teacher and there must be something else out there. Um, my parents are both entrepreneurs and had a very successful business together. My sister also started a very successful wedding um, business. And so I guess it was just running in my blood, but I didn't even think twice about it because I was the teacher. Um, and like I said, after having my daughter, as you know, having kids, it kind of ch can change you. Um, and an understatement. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and so I just started feeling deep in my heart that I, I was giving my heart and soul to my students. I'm an all or nothing kind of person. And so I was the first one at the parking lot, the last one to leave at my school. And so when I became a mom, I knew something had to change. And so I started going down this crazy path of like, MLMs and to and teaching um like there's the programs to like teach overseas at like 3 a.m to like 6 a.m in the morning because you're the time difference and nothing though seemed doable and realistic for being a mom and then I fell into or I started getting targeted with freelancing ads and so um I kind of looked into that I started listening to some podcasts and um I listened to a podcast of the course creator that I ended up taking a freelancing course for. And um, then I was targeted with her ads and it was a pretty expensive course at the time. Now, looking back that I've invested in all these courses, I'm like, oh, okay, that really wasn't that bad. Um, but as it, for my teacher salary, it was a, a chunk of change. And so I took a leap of faith and my husband, um, who is the biggest support, it was actually um, October 31st. So it was Halloween and we were trick-or-treating with my sister's family and we were walking around and it was my daughter's first Halloween. And I looked at my husband and I said, I'm never going to be a part of her, her Halloween parade events at school, her Halloween parties at school, because I had to be there for my students' Halloween parties and my students. And so, so I was always going to be sacrificing my own family, my own kids, and like being a part of those types of things, um, because I had to be present for my students. And that just hit me so hard that that next morning at like 6 a.m., I woke up and I bought the course and 
Um, I dove into that and within four months, I made up my mind that I was starting to think about leaving teaching. Um, and in March of, so I bought the course in November. I left, I decided to leave teaching in March. And then by nine months, I had created a six figure business, um, in that nine month timeline, because I just was, I'm an all or nothing person. (laughs) And so when I went in, I went all or nothing, um, pretty much right away. So that is a very long-winded answer to your question. Um, so please tell me to elaborate on anything that I just shared with you. No, you're totally fine. I, I'm the exact same way. I am also like a very high achiever. I think most entrepreneurs are honestly, because people who are not high achievers, you couldn't be an entrepreneur because it takes a lot of freaking work, right? Oh Um, yeah. Especially in the beginning when you know nothing, Um, but I would, did you mention, so what were you doing with this course? So you said, were you doing Pinterest management or were you doing something else before? Uh, right. So it, the course was just teaching you how to be a freelancer, how to be a service provider, how to set up an LLC, how to market yourself, how to get clients, how to set up packages, whatnot. And what it, the course teaches you is like, just become a general VA. And I was like, well, no, I don't want to do that. Like I, I started like binging all these free trainings and everybody was like, you need to niche down. You need to specialize. And so I was like, all right, I'm good at social media. I know how to post pictures of my cute daughter. Right. Um, so I like started investing in like all these, um, Instagram courses. And so I took on, uh, two clients to do that for, and I, I quickly realized I hated it because I don't want to be somebody else's voice. I don't want to be creating graphics for somebody else. Like that wasn't aligned with me. And so then I took on somebody's Pinterest because it's kind of the introverts world. Um, even though I'm an extrovert, um, introverts world of like where I could, um, not need to be a client's voice. That was something that bothered me for some reason. Um, and so I, I started, uh, taking over Pinterest accounts and then I started, uh, investing in skills training from there. Um, so it was fast. Like it was really fast. It was like, learn how to be a freelancer, try some Instagram. And then here I am doing Pinterest. And then I'm taking all these courses to be an expert at it. And then business exploded because I niched down and I was known for that. Right. So, yeah, that's amazing because that's the complete opposite of my story because it took me like three years to figure it out. And the first (laughs) three years are a hot freaking mess until I figured it out. So I love that you were able to just like take what you learned, take action and watch it explode. So when people say you shouldn't niche down, this is the perfect example of why you should do that. For and learn sure. from my mistakes too. Don't spend three years. Oh my goodness. Like doing funny. everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that that's great. So I, that, that helps to kind of set the stage for how things progress and they progressed very quickly too. So what does it look like now? So obviously you have a two-year-old you said, and um, does your husband work too, or is he home full time yeah. with you? Yeah. So we are both. So kind of thankfully as a result of the pandemic, my husband is home a lot more, but he, he, um, he's an engineer. He has his own full-time gig. He's, um, uh, in the house three days a week, two days a week he's out. But right now it looks like my daughter is in, So when I started this, I was like, oh, I'm doing this to be a stay-at-home mom and be able to work and still bring in an income. But I quickly realized like, no, I want to be a 
be a, uh, I can't, I don't want to swear on your podcast, but like, I want to be that, like, go get her, get this, like, because I, I've always been a teacher that teachers don't make a lot of money. I'll tell you that much. And so like, there was a cap on what I could make. And all of a sudden through entrepreneurship, I was like, I'm setting my, my packages, my rates and what I can achieve and do. And so it was, it was thrilling and it's still thrilling and exciting to see that, you know, I poured my heart and soul into teaching, but I still made, I walked away with the same salary that I did. Whereas now I pour my heart and soul into it and I'm getting that income back. Right. Um, so my, I realized that. And so now, um, my daughter goes to school three half days a week. Plus we get naps because she's still thankfully napping. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, and then I have my mother-in-law a day and then Fridays are her and I, those are our days. Um, you and I are, um, recording this right now, but she's napping. So I am able to fit in through those like two hours of little chunks of time, some, some work here and there. Yeah. My business was built on nap times as well. So my son is three and I left my nine to five when he was born, like two weeks before I went into labor. I was like, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Yep. Good for you. Not going to work out anymore. So I can really relate to the nap time hustle, (laughs) but, um, I do want to talk a little bit about your job that you left. So when you left, did you have any emotions coming up? Like uh, not just like around fear with money, because I'm sure that may have come up at some point, but, and the stability of having quote unquote stability. I use that term lightly because, or loosely, because we know that corporate jobs or nine to five jobs are not all that stable in some regards, but, um, did you have any feelings of like potentially wanting to go back, missing your students, missing your coworkers? Did any of those feelings come up? Yeah. So I had a, I had a panic attack leaving a like straight up because I, I 100% experienced an identity crisis of this is what I was always supposed to do. This is who I was always supposed to be. This is what I was going to retire as this is what I'm known as. And I had a lot of noise from family and friends, especially my mom's sister and dad, um, who out of a very loving way were very hesitant because I was, I was a great teacher. You know, I, I was really dedicated to my career. They knew how, like they've been in my classroom. They've witnessed my, um, how I am as a teacher, how I interact with my students and, and parents. And so they were very hesitant on me letting all of that go And so it kind of skewed my thinking of like, wow, am I really walking away? Um, And I felt a lot of guilt because, and I don't want to downplay anybody else's job or their nine to five, but teachers are held to a very weird standard Um, in the sense that like in public, like a teacher shouldn't be seen at a bar drinking a beer, a teacher, like kids shouldn't see that they shouldn't like. Teachers, for some reason, aren't supposed to be humans, weirdly enough, but I have um, friends who are teachers and they say the same thing. Like they've had to change their names on social media so their students wouldn't find them. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's very different. And so um, I dealt with a lot of fear surrounding 
what others would think, what my colleagues would think, what my students would think, what my parents would think. Um, and I called a few of my students' parents that I were like, that I had become close with to let them like know personally what was kind of happening and um, which I didn't need to do. Like looking back, I didn't, but I felt like I needed to. Um, and I was so fearful because I will say I landed a, um, where I taught was like a, a wonderful district. Like it really was. Um, and it was like my dream job when I landed it. It's still a, a wonderful district in Michigan. Um, and so people thought I was crazy too. Like, why are you leaving one of these top districts in Michigan to pursue this other thing? Because people don't understand the business world unless they're in it. Like my friends to this day, they're like, what? My husband says I play on Canva and play around in Pinterest all day, which is somewhat true, but there's a lot more to it. Um, so, I mean, I have been coaching for three years now and my family thinks I'm a website designer, which I've <laughs> never done. <laughs> like, how did you even come up with that? Right. So, so yeah. So like, so people don't understand, but yeah, I dealt with a lot of, uh, fear, a lot of guilt, a lot of uncertainty. Sure. The money thing definitely played into it. I'm very grateful though. Um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, like things that can hold them back are things like insurance or the stability, things like that. Luckily my husband, um, we needed my income and we still need my income, but we would have been okay for a few months had I fallen on my face, which I didn't, but you know what I mean? Like we, I had that security. So it was more of those internal mental things that I was facing. Yeah. Can you share? And I, I felt the same way as well. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Can you share how you over, I don't, overcame, I don't know if overcame is the right word because they may be feelings that you're, that are still coming up it's for you, still, but yeah. Yeah. How, how did you overcome those in the moment? I'll say, and kind of yeah, move no. past them. Yeah. So, um, one of the biggest things that I realized very quickly was the need to build relationships with others in this online space, because it's something that nobody outside of this really understands. And so that's something that I, that I sought, um, was community, um, and friendships. And, um, that's the other thing my husband says is you play on Voxer all day because I, I am constantly chatting with, um, you know, my peers and, and, and talking through imposter syndrome, talking through doubts, talking through, well, this client did this. Am I the crazy person or is this person, you know, like talking through, through those types of things. So, um, for me in the moment, it was, um, being able to talk out those mindset blocks or the, or the emotions that I was feeling, um, and again, I have an extremely supportive husband who, who doesn't get it, but he's a listening ear and just at least sits there and is like, shakes his head. Like, yes, yeah, I get it. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, those were, but I, I still, you know, I'm facing some of those thoughts. Like you said, you know, the end of the school year, a lot of my friends are like, they're getting ready to go on, um, summer break. And a lot of them that they work over the summer, but, um, you know, it's, it's just different or it's, you know, back to school time will happen in August. And it's like, well, I'm not setting up my classroom. I'm not doing those things, but 
again, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And looking back, like I was so embarrassed to like have an Instagram business page or have like in fear of somebody finding out. And at this point, like, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm happy to say I transitioned out of the classroom and I've created this successful business and very proud of it. Whereas I was very closed off and like embarrassed at first, even um, because I didn't want people to know. So, Yeah, yeah, I was the same way. And I don't know if this was the same for you, but I, in hindsight, realized that I was kind of closing myself off and not talking about it much because I was afraid of failing. I didn't, yes. it was all subconscious. Like if I fail, if my business explodes, I'm going to have to go get a nine to five job again. Nobody's going to think that I can do anything worthwhile in my life. Like insert the feeling it came up a hundred percent. Yeah. And that yep. happens for a lot of, a lot of, I would say probably everybody who decides to go down this journey, whether or not they admit it. Right. 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 Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So do you have any tips for people who are wanting to transition out of their jobs into their own businesses. I know that, um, you said that you had that stability from your, from your husband. So you did have like a couple months of cushion there, but for somebody who may not have that, is that something that you thought about or anything that you can give some advice on? Yeah. So even though we had this stability, I did. So from the time, so like from November through March, I was really building a nest egg of like anything I was making from my business. It was either being invested back into skills training, or I was saving a certain percent of what we would need to literally live bare minimum knowing like if we, because we were spending a ton on daycare to send my daughter daycare full time, those four, five days a week um, when I was in the classroom. So if we calculated removing her, like what did I need to make? I was nest egging that. So that's like the first piece of advice is like the money thing, as I know, is a, is a big fear. Um, and you were doing that while you were working still. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make that real. Yeah. And, and so like, I think the other thing is like, I've talked to so many big people in the, like in the beginning stages that like, not that they're complaining, but like that are like, well, this is hard. And it's like, it is like, it's, yeah, it's well, really hard. Like those, this first is just months, the beginning. you know, like you're, you're juggling motherhood, a full-time business and your side hustle. And it's really hard to know that there is like a light at the end of the tunnel because you're, you're in it. And so you don't get that there's another side, but I promise you there is another side, but you have to be willing to put in the time, energy, and um, being resourcefulness, like, you know, like being resourceful with what you have and the, just, it, it takes a lot of grit in the beginning. So I think just having that mindset, um, but also, like I said, investing in whether it's a community or a coach or somebody that can be that like guiding force as scary as it is to invest when you're just getting started out. It's like one of the best decisions I made all at the same time, because it propelled me forward faster. So I think everything I've done has allowed me to grow significantly in in such a, like a hot minute because of the, the choices I've made to not be fearful of taking risks on myself, which is crazy because 
being a teacher has taught me to be extremely frugal and cheap. My husband's like, you are so cheap with some things. But as a teacher, I just was. Um, but through entrepreneurship, I've really learned um, for every dollar you put in, you're making out, if not double, triple, um, as long as you're investing well. Like you you want to make sure you're doing your research and not just working with any Joe Schmo or signing up for any mastermind that you know anybody throws out there. But if you yeah, do done it that, right, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, so yeah, just having that support system, that nest egg, um, and, and really working on, um, mindset, a lot of, of mindset too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely think that mindset is the biggest part because once you get the strategy for whatever it is you want to be doing, you can really just like rinse and repeat it in your own yeah. business. And I completely agree with investing and support that will allow you to get your goal so much more quickly. My story, like I said, is a little bit different because the first three years of business I was doing, like I had like eight different businesses at one point because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but right. I was investing for all of those different businesses. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was the same thing. Like anything that I made in my business or businesses at that time was just going back into it. Yeah. And I mean, I still take that education. I also did network marketing at one time. And there's things that I take from that period in my life and use it in my business now. Right. Realize it at that point, but you are, when you invest in yourself, when you invest in your own education, you're always going to be using that, whether it's right now, six months from now, five years from now, it will come back in some way, as long as you commit to doing the work and showing up. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Awesome. That's a really good piece of advice. And I'm glad that you shared that because I know that there are people, especially now, I don't want to say post COVID kind of post COVID. I don't know. The world's in a weird place still. Where are we at right now? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know. Um, in 2022, <laughs> right. it, let's just say that. Um, there are a lot more people who, if they have not let, take, taken that leap yet from leaving their job, they're still considering it because of what you experienced as well, working from home, realizing that there's another way to live your life, realizing that you can start your business and not have a cap on your income. Like, hello, who doesn't want that, right? So right. I think that this will be really valuable for a lot of people. Now, I actually have another question that is not really related, but have you ever thought about doing anything related to teaching again? You know, I have, like I've, I've, you know, dabbled with the idea of starting like a tutoring business where I have people working under me that do that. Um, but all of my clients are TP, uh, TPT sellers. I don't know if you've ever heard, it's called teachers pay teachers. So oh, yeah, I have heard of that. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much 90% of all of my clients are in the education space. So I feel like my, my foot is very much still in the classroom, so to speak. Um, because all of my like keyword research, everything I'm doing Pinterest wise is, um, related to teaching. So I think because of that, I feel like I'm hanging on, um, by a thread, <laughs> but I, I mean, yes, I have thought about it to be quite honest. Like, and I'm sure you feel this way too, is like, sure. I enter, enter this space, like learning how to be a freelancer, but really I'm coming to realize that I, that course taught me how to own a business. Like, and everything that I do now is teaching me how to run a business, how to market your business. So I feel like at this point, if I wanted to leap into anything else, I can, like I could, I've, I've considered like creating, um, we had a 
horrible sleeper. My daughter was the worst sleeper. So like I've learned so much about um, baby sleep that I'm like, oh, I could start a baby sleep coach business. I could start like, because I now have the confidence. Whereas when I was teaching, I didn't think I could do anything else. Like literally when I was researching, like what else to do, it was either start an MLM or teach online, become a tutor, become like a curriculum writer for these education businesses. I thought, I thought everything had to be education based. And now that I've removed myself from the classroom, and now that I'm a business owner, I really realize I have, I have, and continue to have so many transferable skills from I'm quote unquote, previous life of being in the classroom that I feel like I now have the tools to, to launch any business to become anything. And that's probably stuff while you have all of your success and like why your coaching business is so successful because you're bringing in so many different experiences that all of those eight businesses you had and maybe fell on your face for half of them have also propelled you forward to now have those experiences and have such a successful thriving business that you have today. Um, Whereas when when I started, I was like, I don't have the skills, like who's going to hire me? What do I bring to the table? So I think that's something back to like my advice I would give somebody that's like questioning, do I leave my nine to five is you could be a nurse and think you have no skills beyond your nursing skills, or you could be a teacher or a librarian or a, you know, what, whatever your job is right now. Um, and say, well, I only, I only know these things because that's what my like formal training was. But whereas I've quickly realized that is completely not the case. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I have learned a lot over the six years of business. And then prior to that, I was in corporate for 10 years. So I was doing corporate marketing. So there's been a lot of learning. You know a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which that's another thing I want to mention when you are getting started in business. Cause I feel like there's going to be a lot of new people listening to this. It's yeah. important to know that failure is part of it. Like expect 100%. to fail every single day in some way. And it's okay. Know that it's okay. Um, and I like how you mentioned you don't necessarily have to use past skills, but one thing that I tell people who are new, like literally day one in business, I always tell them to use the skills that they already have to yep. start generating revenue. Like that's what I did. So mm -hmm. I went to college for graphic design, started creating prints on Etsy, custom prints for $5, which was the worst idea ever because I was spending <laughs> like three hours on one print and I was getting paid $5. It was stupid. Oh my goodness. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Don't make my mistakes. Um, but I mean, that's the easiest way to start making cash. Right. Right. And then once you have those foundations, have that business, then you can do what you were talking about. Like realize that there's a whole beautiful world out there of other opportunities. Right. So yeah, yeah. the sky is truly the limit, but um, before sure. we wrap up, I want to get just some, I don't like to talk about a ton of strategy, but I would love to hear if you don't mind sharing just what's going on in the Pinterest world these days, because I know that it's constantly changing. I feel like Pinterest and Google are and like all of the social media platforms. I know that Pinterest isn't social media, but I feel like it's changing so rapidly that if you can give the listeners just like one piece of advice and what's working now on Pinterest, I think that would be helpful for them as well. Yeah. Consistency and fresh. So Pinterest is really, it used to be a platform that was, um, you would just repin your content or other people's content over and over again. 
And Pinterest has really come out and said, we don't want that anymore. We want new. And so it's really pushing content creators, business owners to um, go deeper in their business and start creating longer form content where Pinterest can confidently send a user knowing that wherever they're, they're leading somebody that it's, that it's, it's worth reading like that. It's, it's like, um, digestible content that it's good. Like it's meaty, you know, whereas, um, whereas before it was kind of just like, you could lead wherever, whereas now Pinterest is like, we want continuous blogs or new YouTube videos or new podcasts coming out, or you need a lot of content to drive traffic to, and you need to show up consistently. Um, so Pinterest knows, you know, stuff's going to continue to feed me four new blog posts a month and, and, you know, four new, um, freebies or whatever, four new links are going out a month. Um, so it's just showing up consistently and showing up with, um, a lot of that fresh content too. Perfect. That's really helpful. And I'm happy to hear that because we have eight blog posts every single month going out. So it sounds like we're doing something right. You're doing a lot right. That is a lot. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Love that. Uh, well, thank you again for being here, Chelsea. Thank you for sharing your story. I know a lot of people are going to resonate with this, whether they're teachers or just thinking about leaving um, a nine to five job and just dealing with that identity crisis that comes up. And that, like I said, is a lifelong thing that will likely always come up in some way or another. So if somebody wants to connect with you, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah. So my website is chelseahealthsocial.com, but the best place to come connect with me is over on Instagram at Chelsea Health Social. I'm pretty active on there. love to chat. I share a lot of behind the scenes of my <laughs> life. Um, and you'll see my 90 pound golden doodle and our, our toddler. So I share just like a lot of, I share the Pinterest tips like you're supposed to, but um, I definitely just kind of, I'm just really authentic, I guess, over there and just kind of share my life. So um, yeah, over on Instagram is a great place to connect. Yeah, that's perfect. And we'll put the link to the show notes or we'll put the link to the website and then um, your Instagram in the show notes as well. So perfect. thank you again for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.